Welcome to Observe and Retort. Oh my God, is it working? <laughs> it is working. People are going to hear your little giggles <laughs> midway okay through the... It. But I think that's fine. Yeah. It's my, it's my remotely podcasting giggles. Yes. You know? We are, once again, I, we've tried a couple of times to do remote podcasting yeah. and it's not really worked before, but now... Maybe now the setup is is perfect for our last right. proper episode of the year. <laughs> We're trying hard to make this way better than last time. And uh, we just want to do it well, you know? Yeah. You know we just want to give you the sound that you deserve. So, my name is David Henry. And I am Luna Stjanubi. And this is Observe and Retort. Thank yes. you for listening. This is week 52, the 52nd week of 2020 we are so close to the end we're so we've close only got to a baby week left yeah yeah how are you feeling about it <laughs> <laughs> are you okay i don't even know how to you're gonna miss to... this year so much so much it's been a delight right. uh <laughs> well yeah, next yeah. episode will be a news you missed this year for yeah. the stories that we somehow, in our previous episodes, managed to miss. We'll bring but you also- a yearly what the fuck. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yes, yes, that. But also the fact that we started, what, recording in Week summer? Week 28. Yeah, so we also have some weeks of the year that we just... It might be from know. before Week 28, before the podcast started. It might be yeah. ones that, you know... There's a few stories that I saw and ignored for like uh-huh. not ignored but chose to go with something else and maybe they in hindsight were deserving of a full billing. Yeah, they deserve to be known. They yes. <laughs> <laughs> Observed so and retorted. They deserve mm-hmm. the whole package. So mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's just like silly penis stories or something, but they deserve. <laughs> they need to be, to be known. heard. <laughs> you know you want to hear it. Ugh. But this week, yeah. this week has been a big. I don't know about you, but I found a lot of potential this week, and it has been difficult. I found less on the silly stories. Okay. Okay. And more on the serious stories. Uh, yeah but sometimes with some amusement in there (laughs) in fact i would say i have three different (laughs) stories today that i would like to talk about and all of them are quite serious but all of them have at least something okay that i think is genuinely fucking hilarious okay that's nice Um, that sounds good however dark they may be i'm okay with it i'm okay with it if you're okay with it (laughs) And you obviously. And now the audience has been warned. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. also my my main story is pretty dark. Spoiler oh, alert. Oh. Um, yeah. So you know what? Let's just get into it. Do you want to start? Uh yes, I can start. Okay. So this my top story this week. Uh huh. I usually try to avoid something that's big enough that you know if it's in the guardian or on the bbc then i would prefer to not pick it because i feel like 
you know, kind of the concept is we go for the lesser reported stories. But this one is just too amazing. Even though it has been a big story this week, I feel like it's a big story that a lot of people could miss. Okay. So bring it. Or not realize, see it and go, oh yeah, that's bad. But not realize quite the level of just how amazing this story is. So for some context, Mm -hmm. we're going to Russia and Alexei Navalny. Alexei Navalny is is the primary leader of the opposition in Russia. Totes knew that, totes. He... Ran for mayor of Moscow a while ago. He ran uh-huh. to be president, but he was banned from running because of previous convictions. Convictions that are widely seen as being politically motivated. Okay. He is a significant enough figure and scary enough. He's referred to as the only man Putin is scared of. So much so Putin refuses to say his name. Putin will <laughs> not refer to him by name in any public interview. Wow, this guy so he's like is anti-corruption Voldemort. That is who he is. <laughs> yes. And on the 20th of August this year, he fell ill on a flight from Tomsk to Moscow. Right. Okay, that, okay. You may, yeah. you probably have heard about this. I, he I got very, that, very yeah. sick. Turns no. out he was made to be very, very sick by a yes. nerve agent. Mm-hmm. That would often be called an assassination attempt. Well, if you want to be all (laughs) correct about it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So this flight made an emergency landing and amazingly he survived, uh, Mm. which is very much not expected. Uh, He was sent to Germany so that he could get better treatment and treatment that wasn't surrounded by, you know, people who tried to kill him. And they identified that it was a nerve agent. And this this was a huge story and is a huge story, but there's been an amazing update this week. Also, I should say okay, a lot of people heard. a lot of people in Russia find themselves dead if they are in a political <laughs> position or in a position that for some reason they know something they shouldn't know. Or mm-hmm. Putin is not a fan of them. I'm not saying Putin orders it. I would be very nervous saying, if I lived in Russia and I knew that Putin didn't like me. I would be... I'd be pretty nervous. You know, I have general anxiety about people not liking me. Like, it's getting better. But if Putin doesn't like me, <laughs> woo, bitch is going to be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little recap on some other people. Alexander Litvinenko is probably the most famous. He was killed in 2006 with polonium. He was in London, ex-KGB agent. He was poisoned with atomic poison and died. <laughs> okay, that's chilling, um, yeah. There was, we talked a little bit on the podcast before about the drama in Salisbury, the poisoning of uh, former, also former KGB agents, um, uh-huh. where the attempt accidentally poisoned a whole bunch of other people in the area. We talked about that a couple of months ago in an unrelated story. Um, We also, next, I won't, I already know that I'm not going to talk about this next week, but if we were going to do a story that was covering the whole year, this year, there has been, I could do an entire feature on Russians falling out of windows, particularly (laughs) Russians who seem like they probably know something again that they shouldn't. 
just this uh. week, there's been like 10 or 20 different stories of Russians falling out of windows when they've said the wrong thing. Just this week, Oof. a Russian COVID scientist fell out of a window and when they found his body at the bottom, he had multiple stab wounds, which... <laughs> uh, okay. That might... Might you know, suggest... Call me crazy, that, but it seems a little, a little sketchy to me. It seems a little sketchy. Just a tiny bit. Anyway, no. back to Alexei Navalny. So... <laughs> Bellingcat, so he was, there was this assassination attempt in August, and he's still mm-hmm. recovering. Uh, he's recovering in Germany. And there is an amazing investigative journalist, uh, journalism website called Bellingcat. I think I've brought a story from them before, but I can't, yeah. They're an amazing inv- investigative journalist um, site. Okay. And they had done a... a huge investigation of this assassination attempt and identified a whole load of people who were involved from the FSB, which is the current version of the KGB, the post-Soviet KGB, the, or put in more, you know, friendly terms like MI5 or in Denmark, PET. They're the internal security services of Russia. Right. Okay. Um, Who, of course, Putin used to be a KGB agent. So... He knows a lot of those guys. They're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Old chummy. Mm-hmm. And Bellingcat did this investigation. They identified a huge number of the people. They were very, very confident. And they shared this information with Navalny. And they were going to give the right of reply to the named people in the investigation. So as journalists typically do, they were going to call up the people who they were saying were involved in this assassination attempt and say, do you want to respond to these accusations so that you have a fair, that's a normal journalistic practice when you're doing an expose right. on someone, of is to call them and say, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. Do you want to respond? Yeah. But they told Navalny first and his response was, can I call them and see if we can get more information? So they knew all these people. They had phone numbers for a whole bunch of these assassins and when they told okay. Navalny we know who they are, his response was, with you recording, with everything, with the information you already have, let me call them and see if we can find out <laughs> more information. So the morning before they sent out the like right of reply notices to the named people, yeah. at 6.30 in the morning, he, Navalny, calls. They fake the number so it looks like it's coming from an internal Russian government number. From inside the house. And while he's still recovering from the attempted assassination with nerve agent on his own life, he pretends to be an aide to the chairman of Russia's Security Council, asking them to report on how the operation was fucked up. (sighs) The first two people he calls don't pick up. The third he calls, he says that he's this aide, he gives a fake name, he gives some information... And the guy, the third person who he called says immediately, I know exactly who you are and hangs up. Just from hearing like one sentence of his voice was like, I know exactly who you are. Shut the... Hangs up. The fourth person he calls... Oh my God. ...completely buys it. And they have a 50-minute conversation. A trained member of the FSB Poison Squad who helped oh to assess, or uh, technically 
wasn't on the poison squad but was on the cleanup squad <laughs> afterward when they fucked up they went to detail oh, like that he gave sound as cool so many details <laughs> about the attempt and because navalny what? knows a bunch of details that weren't public so mm. he uses them to convince him that he is actually that he's obviously part of the fsb and he's an aide to this this chairman and uses it yeah. to say why did you guys fuck up? I need a report from you. Do not speak to your fellow members because they want to get the right information. They don't want you agreeing on your story about how you guys fucked up. And they have a 50 okay. minute conversation going into detail about exactly how the assassination attempt happened and went wrong. Oh my God. So the guy who was poisoned is having this conversation about the attempt with the pe- with the with one of the people who are involved with trying to kill him. Yeah, this is Holy hands down mother- the greatest prank call in oh history. Oh. <laughs> no prank call ever. Prank <laughs> calls should stop at this point because it's been it's peaked. Yeah. What are you even doing? You know, you can't you can't follow that. You it's cannot follow possible. it. Mm-mm. Wow. So what now? I mean. Russia's never going to admit it, right? Putin this week was speaking to the FSB at, as, you know, part of the uh, end of year. He gave a speech telling them, you guys are doing a great job. Um, <laughs> oh, and Putin also said about this attempt, he said, it's not the FSB. If it was the FSB, they would have got the job done. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is... That is such a non-response. Yeah. That's so stupid. No, said they would have taken their job to the end, which is such a fucking creepy and obviously like, yeah, you guys did it and you're embarrassing yourself more because you fucked up. And now we all know you fucked yeah. up. Like, uh, nothing's, look, we know that Russia has assassinated people before. Uh, this is not going to yeah. make a significant difference, but no. it's just amazing to have damn near incontrovertible proof like so like you have one of the people who was involved giving specific details yeah. uh he names his colleagues he corrects them on detail like when they say something slightly wrong he says no it wasn't him it was osipov it was a different senior member who was involved in the like who was coordinating the o- operation he tells them exactly how it happened uh that they sprayed the nerve agent on Navalny's underwear, which wasn't known before, and then makes because the uh, the clothes that actually this guy's task was to go get the clothes afterwards. Well, he had several yeah. tasks, but one of them was when they realised it had fucked up. They had to go, and he had to clean the clothes twice to make sure that there was no trace of nerve agent left on them. <laughs> So there was a dude who had the responsibility of cleaning the underwear? After it was taken by the hospital in Russia. So the Russian hospital where he first went to, they sent a guy from the FSB to, who was involved in the operation earlier, they sent him once and they were like, make sure there are no traces of nerve agent anywhere on those clothes. He gets them, he cleans them, he hands them back. Six weeks later they go, 
you know what? You guys fucked up this whole killing thing. We're going to send you again because we're not convinced you did the cleanup. So he has to go twice to do the same laundry job to double check. There's no trace left. Unfortunately for him, (laughs) the Germans somehow worked out what nerve agent it was from the effect on when they managed to get Navalny. They somehow worked out what it was. So the cleaning job didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, Oh, so he just cleaned out duty for nothing. <laughs> Skit mark duty guy is not happy about it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that is, that's been a huge news story this week. I have not heard <laughs> anything. I live in a box. But doing this apparently. podcast, we basically don't read the top story. Also, well, that's kind of two things. One is this story would be bigger if it wasn't for the ongoing fucking corona and brexit bullshit that's every yeah. like this has been pushed from being the number one story of the week to being mm. it's somewhere further down yeah and that was kind of why i thought even though it is a big story and maybe bigger than uh i would usually bring with our loose thing of not bringing the biggest story that week i still think it it counts also just the f- it's the greatest prank in history. I'm sorry. It's just absolutely Yeah, that it. is. It's just. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, like, but wow, I'm blown away. Yeah. That must have been so fucking thrilling. Can you imagine making that call? It's proper. And just, he must have felt so alive. <laughs> <laughs> Still recovering from dying of nerve agent. Yeah, this did it. And he's this like, oh, well, this now I'm alive. Recovered him. Now I'm alive yeah. again. Because uh, it's proper, yeah. That's also, wild. just here, like, there's so many layers of, of interesting, because hearing the, hearing an actual assassin go into detail about the operation is just an operation that they don't know. Like, we're not talking, you can go on YouTube and you can find interviews with hitmen and stuff like that who have reformed and it's 20 years later and they'll tell you details. But there's yeah. something just slightly different about this is a current assassin. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. know that he's talking mm-hmm. to the guy he tried to murder. Yeah. I, that's, it's just amazing. I am, I'm a little, I'm thinking this guy now, he has been giving all of these information, like all the information. and He's going to fall the, out a window. I'm telling that's you. That's what I'm thinking. Stay away from the windows. The guy who shared all this to another country or something. Absolutely going to fall through a window very, very soon. Oh God! Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) It's really not. And already, like he's been punished enough. He was on skid mark duty. Like, (laughs) just leave the man alone. He has been through enough. It's, but also, it's, fuck him. He tried to kill somebody. So uh, yeah, <laughs> he tried to kill an anti-corruption uh, <laughs> activist. It's not uh, like I, I'm going to go and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and protect this man. I will sacrifice myself. Also, no, he really I mean, sounds like a professional. I mean, when you read, you can read the full transcript, and I, I'm giving you the highlights. Is there a I sound recommend. File? It's in Russian, but you know. <laughs> So, yes, you can also, if you want, (laughs) you can listen to the full story, but they're speaking Russian. So I'm relatively confident. And maybe some of our listeners want to want to hear it. It's a 50 minute call. And it was it's amazing to read the transcript and hear so many details about 
this guy really sounds like a professional. Like they go into into some real detail about how they structure everything, how they are incredibly. They talk about getting caught on camera, and he discusses how obviously there's cameras everywhere now, so it's always there's possible. A camera there and there and okay, like it's always possible to get caught on mm. on camera. Yeah, but they say every time we go in, we ensure that that we are not. Mm. Which is like, can can we hear more details about how you're doing? Like, I want to hear more yeah. about. Yeah, this should be a podcast. <laughs> like, this should be a whole thing. Just speaking also, to we- KGB guys about. <laughs> sorry, FSB. It's completely different. I don't want to say they're from the KGB because mm, uh-huh. it's completely different between Soviet times and now. But what an amazing fucking prank. Could you imagine if Jamie Kennedy just, Kennedy just stepped out and like, you're in the Jamie Kennedy experience. And then just like, what? Do you remember that show? Did you watch I that show? I did not. I'm more what? thinking of Ashton Kutcher jumping out and saying, you've been punked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I'm old. Doesn't I Ashton guess. Kutcher... Uh, he funds like an investigative journalism website, so maybe this is the new way for him to. Uh... Oh, yeah. he's making up for his silly shit. Now he's trying to be all serious. Okay, yeah, but it's okay, time okay, to okay. Mu- clearly uh, pranked with with more impact is the way to go. So he should yeah. merge those interests. Punked and <laughs> put your hands together. <laughs> wow. Anyway, That's if something. you are interested. Go look up the full transcript on Bellingcat. Read all about it. They explain a lot more detail. It's amazing. Wow. Uh, that's my story. As Good job, David. That was a good one. Oof. Sorry. Well, I, yeah. I don't have so, a, a normal weekly what the fuck this week. I don't have like a but small But it's not one. yet, so. No, I know. Me... I'm just, I'm <laughs> stating now. I have uh, two smaller stories. Okay. Uh, so I don't know Not if so you want to hit me. There, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Where? so if you want to hit with your main story. Yes. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay. The title is Japan Twitter killer Takahiro Shiraishi sentenced to death. Beautiful so, pronunciation, by the yeah. way. I mean, just oh, thank you. I you have are, been rehearsing. I mean, I I feel a little bit like you know that's that's not the vibe of this podcast is saying names correctly. <laughs> so let's not change up on our audience now. They're very I'm sorry. used to. Did I do too well? Us saying things <laughs> wrong. Too much. We might we might lose them. <laughs> They're gonna be like, what? They're gonna start. Like saying things correctly effort? jesus christ <laughs> <Yeah>. unacceptable <laughs> that's not what i came here for Nuh-uh. taka hero shira ishi then you get the danish kind of very danish <laughs> yes <laughs> you're welcome okay so i didn't know about this dude okay uh the thing kind of went down in 17 but now it's yeah so i'm just gonna get into it so <clears throat> this man 30 years old He is known as the Twitter killer, and he was arrested in 2017 after body parts were found in his flat. And now he has been sentenced to death. So 
He admitted to murdering and dismembering his victims, and almost all of them are young women, and he met them all on Twitter. Um, the thing is, so his handle, his Twitter handle, is loosely translated as hangman. So mm. that's super chill of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Shiraishi <laughs> invited them to his apartment and then promising to help them die. So basically, they were suicidal, and he was like, you know what? I can help you with that. It's fine. Wow. So it's fucking wild. So Shiraishi pleaded guilty to murdering the victims, saying in court that he had killed them to satisfy his sexual desire. So just a, just a straight up great dude, you know? <clears throat> really, we are bringing the Christmas cheer this episode. This <laughs> is our Christmas episode, and wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got I a Christmas. Like one of my Christmas, audience. one of my stories is is vaguely Christmas related. It's oh, just not good for really you. But- <laughs> uh, okay, so he allegedly he does not intend to appeal the verdict, and he will be on death row until Japan's justice minister signs ex- uh, the execution order. And so the thing is, I didn't know this. Uh, in Japan, the death penalty is executed by hanging, and also the execution dates are not made public until after the penalty is carried out. And also, the people who are on death row do not know what day they're being killed uh, up until the day yeah. that they're being killed. It's like, surprise, motherfucker, it's today. What do you want to eat? Um, <laughs> so that's just wild. Um Yeah. So the thing is, he used Twitter to lure these suicidal women to his home, saying that he could help them die. And in some cases, he claimed that to them that he would kill them uh, himself alongside with them. Mm. So he strangled and dismembered. Also, trigger warning. <laughs> but that's a little late, isn't it? It's pretty late. He strangled. <laughs> It's always too late with us. It's like, we're going to say all these horrible things and then afterwards say trigger warning. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> he strangled and dismembered eight women and one man aged 15 to 26 between August and October in 17. So he was like a pretty busy man in that period of time. And on Halloween that year, police found dismembered body parts in his flat in the Japanese city, Sama, near Tokyo. And while they were searching for a missing 23-year-old woman, uh, yeah, that's when they went, when they found all these fucking body parts. Um, after she had gone missing, this woman, uh, her brother accessed her Twitter account yeah. and then alerted police because it's like a suspicious handle. It's like, hangman? Hey, okay, that does not seem good. But also, so that you... led... The... Yeah. What? This is like his seventh victim or something. Surely well, if I don't they've know. got DMs I... between six people who've yeah. gone missing. Yeah. Well, obviously well, between him and six people who've gone missing that says, hey, come over. Like, surely mm-hmm, that's a... Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I'm impressed he made it to seven. Uh, I feel like with Twitter, <laughs> there's surely got crazy. to be a lot of... Uh, recorded history to say mm. this guy has a lot of dms with people who keep going missing <laughs> like, yeah 
if you access the computer of the person who's gone missing, right? If you yes. Anyway, um, sorry, please continue. No, it's fine. So they accessed the Twitter account, and uh, he alerted the brother, alerted the police, and then this led them to his uh, his apartment on the morning of October twenty thirty uh, first. And uh, the media called it the House of Horrors because obviously, and uh, investigators discovered nine heads along with a large number of arm and leg bones stashed in coolers and toolboxes. So can you like, can you imagine walking into that and just, yeah, it's wild. It's horrible. Yeah. So uh, at the trial, um, prosecutors went after the death penalty for Shiraishi and uh, his lawyers argued that he was guilty of a lesser charge. You know, it was murder with consent (sighs) and claiming his victims had given their permission to be killed. How do you feel about that? It sounds like he was performing a public service and uh, (laughs) I'm not comprehending the... Hero. What's the problem? <laughs> um, so <laughs> no. the thing is, <laughs> yeah, I know you're kidding. I know, I know. We're all in on it. Maybe there are some people like, oh, David, how dare you? But, you know, they're just going to misunderstand things. It's okay. They had a long year. So Shiraishi later disputed his own defense team's uh, version of events. And then, like, he said that he killed without their consent. So I don't think that communication was on point you know <laughs> he was all over the place oh god isn't this just the, the end of his uh, like he's calling himself hangman now he's yeah. gonna get hanged isn't just yeah, this the fucking that? peak of his sexual poetic justice mm. no i'm not saying poetic justice i'm saying isn't this what he's <laughs> aiming for if he's oh. actively going for if he's actively disputing his own defense Right, where they mm. say, well, it was with consent, and he goes, yeah. no, no, uh, you guys need to hang me. It sounds, <laughs> and he's saying the whole thing was for sexual pleasure, it sounds like this is just the the final step of his okay. fetish. Mm. I feel like we're like fucking you up. you understand that mindset better than me. I didn't even think about <laughs> that, him. but Fuck thank him. you, David, for, <laughs> <laughs> for creating some context and some yeah, insight. That's very nice. Maybe that is <laughs> you You're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, so it's all fucking crazy <laughs> and horrible. And uh, the judge did not, you know, he didn't buy it. He was like, "Yeah, you're fully responsible for your actions. Also, you kind of said it yourself. So, <laughs> what is there to talk about?" Uh, I would talk about the victims, but um, the the names have been withheld to protect their privacy um but yeah it's it just sucks like i i feel so bad for the families and yeah it must be horrifying (sighs) but yeah now there's uh, it's triggered this whole debate about suicide and how to help those considering it and all that so it's important to have that discussion even though it is terrible fucking circumstances the best Um, way to help them is not murder I'm going to throw that out there as a proposal. Yeah. Yeah. Not 100% committed to. I don't know, but I'm thinking Mm. the best way is not murder. Look at you. But I'm not an expert, so. Are you not? 
<laughs> but so the government has actually indicated that it may introduce some new regulations because of that. I don't know what's going to happen, what, but the they old say one? so. I, I feel like the old ones cover it. What now? New regular. If they're saying we'll introduce new support for suicidal people, that makes sense. But it sounds to me like you don't need more regulations. Right. Just on the basis, yeah. the old ones covered it. We don't necessarily need a new. <laughs> I just, like, yeah. it was murder. I don't know. Murder covered yeah. it. End of discussion. <laughs> yes, I think, yeah, it's always a little, like, if it's about social media and then restricting and, and yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what they're thinking about doing, so I yeah. can't really talk about the specifics of it all, but, yeah, this is the story. That was that. And uh, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And fuck this dude. Ugh. Ugh. I really hope that your weekly what the fucks are heartwarming because otherwise this is going to be such a a depressing Christmas episode. I have a really good one and I want to thank Maunashik for sending this to me because this is awesome. I have two actually. Okay. The other one is a little weird, but the first one is great. Do you want to hear it? Do you want my uh, real stories first? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Okay, so... Are we People, moving into weekly? No, what weekly, the what fuck? The fuck? But it not, is. And here we go. Not, wow, wow, wow. It's kind of what the fuck? Well, it's... They're very specifically not that. weekly what the fucks. So... They are now, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> what you got? It's a real discussion, so it's just not... <laughs> anyway. Uh, people often appreciate... <laughs> some of our audience very much appreciate when we bring stories uh from denmark mm-hmm. and so this is that matthias Tesfaye, the integration minister in okay. denmark has announced that denmark is to classify immigrants from muslim countries separately in crime statistics that they have to or that we do is going to from now on Okay, what? So, currently, in crime statistics and employment statistics, Denmark differentiates between Western and non-Western heritage in official statistics. Mm-hmm. So, in this, Western means all EU countries and a random selection of other white places. Um, <laughs> And everywhere else counts as non-Western. Uh-huh. And Matthias Tesfaye has a big problem with this. Because, and I quote, We need more honest numbers. And I think it will benefit and qualify the integration debate if we get these figures out in the open. Because fundamentally, they show that we in Denmark don't really have problems with people from Latin America and the Far East. We have problems with people from the Middle East and North Africa. Tesfaye said to the newspaper. Wonderful. Which I have a few thoughts on. Let's hear it. I just, the concept of we need more honest numbers Mm -hmm. in this is 
entertaining because these numbers will not actually help be more honest about no. like there's such an obvious problem here about correlation and causation that's yeah. the the clear one yeah uh and there's It's not going to, well, a few things. It's not going to help have honest understandings of this data because there could be a billion reasons, right? If you're not counting, there's absolutely no context. And the obvious thing to say is, well, are you accounting for the socioeconomic position of immigrants from these countries compared to immigrants Mm. from other countries? Because perhaps if you compare other parts of africa that are yeah. poorer and you're immigrating for economic reasons maybe there's an effect there maybe that there's yeah. a billion other ways that you could cut this data and get lots of uh interesting correlations yeah that are not necessarily causative not also, sure if that's treating a word. them like shit that's the thing like but nobody is talking about that yes and there is, so I've looked into this, and uh, there is a slight overrepresentation in crime from the non Western group. It's very little, but there uh-huh. is a slight overrepresentation in the current statistics from non Western group. But it seems like if you look into who the police stop and who they yep. prosecute, there is a huge difference. Between non-Western and Western. (laughs) Yeah. With non-Western people being... uh, The police pay a lot more attention to non-Western people. So on the simple basis of there's a shit ton of people who commit crimes who don't get caught, Mm -hmm. if you pick a random... If you split society into 50% and say, we're only going to look at 50% of these people, yeah. Then those fifty percent, if it's people who've ever worn pink, and you only look at them, or you look at them a significantly higher rate, then you're going yeah. to get a significantly higher rate of crime amongst those people. Yeah. And there's specific reasons why the police would maybe do this. In Denmark, you cannot stop and search people as you can in the UK or in the US, but you can if it's in specific areas. Those specific areas. Um are based on uh, if there's previous incidences of of weapons crimes or drug crimes, those correlate Mm -hmm. somewhat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And nobody's talking about socioeconomical backgrounds and shit. But but also the the whole thing with this that annoys me is not the... uh, is just that line of we need more honest numbers. This is not going to do anything to say because there is a very good, it's perfectly possible, perfectly possible that there is a significantly higher rate of crime. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying it's theoretically possible that there's a significantly Mm. higher rate of crime amongst Muslim immigrants. That is theoretically possible, but it's completely impossible for us to judge that from this change or from the previous numbers. So if you actually want more honest numbers, maybe start collecting data that would actually help you to establish that one way or the other. Yes. And I have a very specific example of that 
which is entertaining just because uh, we talked last week about the left wing and the right wing can both be wrong on uh-huh. on an issue. And this is a specific example, which in Denmark makes that very clear. So there was a report on uh-huh. exactly this, on the level of crime between uh, non-Western and Western um, immigrants. Yeah. And the left wing in Denmark immediately jumped on a sentence to say there's no difference whatsoever. And that sentence was, if you are a criminal, you do not commit more crime as an ethnic Dane than as a non-ethnic Dane. So if you're a criminal, you do not commit more crime as an ethnic Dane than as a non-ethnic Dane. And the left wing in Denmark celebrated and said, here is proof. This comprehensively says that you do not commit more crime... But that sentence doesn't say that at all. Okay. <laughs> Luna's just getting a big old glass of wine. Um, it just magically appeared. It just appeared out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> what that means is if you're already a criminal, there's no difference in the rate committed. So if you're a rapist, you're not raping more people because you are, because of your yeah. background. Yeah, yeah. I should also say for our non-Danish listeners, the because I've realized I was saying it very naturally and it's a super weird phrase, ethnic Dane and non-ethnic Dane is a term that's used in Denmark a lot. Um, yeah, it's not great. That's very it's messy really and there's a lot of... Yeah. It's so silly. Yeah. It's a peculiar distinction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I'm just going to go with it because that's the term that's currently used in Denmark a lot and that's what the report was referring to. Yeah. So the left wing celebrated and that was a stupid reason to celebrate because it doesn't, that sentence doesn't say anything. Celebrated? I mean, you know, immediately referred to that to say there's no difference and that's not what the sentence says. The sentence Uh says that if you're already a criminal, then there's no difference. But that says nothing about how likely you are to be a criminal. So it means nothing. It, so the numbers is sh- that just no, that particular redundant. sentence does not help you Sorry. understand this any further, right? I mean, right. It, it does tell us something. If someone was going, well, our rapists are better than your rapists. They rape way <laughs> less, but that's not really a debate that's being had. So, well, if that was a debate, not in our circles, yeah, but we never know. Never know. Um, you know there's some insults out there. You never. Know. Them non-ethnic rapists are are just prolific i mean or thieves or whatever it's just anyway Uh, Uh, but the right wing also said there were way more non-ethnic danes getting arrested and prosecuted which was also true but that doesn't tell you anything because of what we referred to before the fact that a lot more people getting prosecuted could just be a pure matter of who is being focused on who lives in the area that is officially by the government called ghettos who is which is, that's a kind of a translation thing, and it sounds much worse in English than it does in Danish, but it's also officially labeling Gario's ghettos is not great in any languages. But, but aren't we also the only person, like only country that actually labels like ghettos? It's like, this is a ghetto and we're gonna be horrible. And like, it, I mean, I don't know about really- only country. I. It's certainly like the in the UK. We don't. We wouldn't use the word as on a right. On a gov- but also, ghetto in English and ghetto in Danish. I don't think have mm. 
even though it's the same word, it doesn't necessarily have the same uh, impact or meaning. Yeah. Or there's there's plenty yeah. of words that the cultural know. context matters, and I don't think of it's course. I don't think it's exactly the same concept, but it's awkwardly similar, which makes it sound much worse when you're speaking in English rather than. <laughs> but i don't know like it's horrible that we use it so much here and it's funny because we don't use it about the rich areas where there's just so many rich people being huddled together and that's the thing you know it describes yeah uh, yeah it's it's just it's bullshit and uh yeah we just love being shitty here and saying that we're not also matthias testify is the child of immigrants from North Africa. So he's directly like, (laughs) I feel like he's a real useful tool to the. uh, Or is he just a tool? (laughs) Who knows? Anyway. So that is uh, a nice bit from the socialist Republic of Denmark. That's. Oh my god, yeah, we're nailing it, aren't we? Just uh, a fun bit of news about the misuse of statistics. Funsies. Which we know is you love it, also the numbers. <laughs> what my other non-weekly what the fuck, but my Christmas-related so we- story is... Okay, here we go. I'm not sure if it's the misuse of statistics. I've actually gone pretty deep on this, and I think the okay. statistics are good. But okay. <laughs> elderly patients are yeah. 23% more likely to die if their emergency surgery takes place on the surgeon's birthday. <gasps> Wait, say that again. Elderly How patients much? are 23% more likely to die if their emergency <laughs> surgery takes place on the surgeon's birthday. What? What? What, 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 what? So, But that makes sense. I mean, re- <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. That's fucking horrible. Oh, God. So the reason that this study was done was because there's... And this is why it's Christmas related, because it's Jesus's birthday. No. Um, (laughs) There is already a lot of studies uh, on deaths on public holidays. Mm -hmm. And the the percentage of people that come into the ER on Christmas Day is, is significantly higher. And I have personal experience of why that would be and why it's a really bad statistic to use. Because okay. if you think that by going in on Christmas, the doctors are distracted and you're more likely to die, a big part of that reason, we don't know why, it's not the doctors being distracted, but people not wanting to go to hospital on Christmas Day. Yeah. So when I was a call handler and we were dealing with emergency calls, you mm-hmm. would have a massive quiet period when Christmas dinner is being had in the afternoon Uh between like 1 PM and 5 PM, there Uh would be this, you would get no calls at all. Mm. And then at 5 PM, you'd get a shit ton of heart attack calls where little old ladies (gasps) had been having a heart attack for several hours 
No, oh, no, they knew that something was pretty bad. They were feeling a lot of pain in their chest, but they just didn't want to cause a disturbance. So they didn't oh, want to bother anyone. And then they've oh. gone to their son after oh. lunch is done and they've gone, I'm having quite a lot of pain in my chest and in my arm oh, and in my jaw. And I relate so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I might be dying. I'm so sorry. No, but keep eating. No, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. I just, maybe, fine. maybe we should call and just see if anything's wrong. And I'd be there like, yeah, the symptoms you have are incredibly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> You should have called three hours ago when this started. Yeah. It's yeah. a slow one, so that's good. But this is not good. Mm. No. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Anyway, that's the reason why you can't take the number for Christmas as proof that it's because doctors are distracted. And so this okay. study looked at the doctor's birthday because... There's no reason that the patient would know it's the surgeon's birthday. So they wouldn't be less likely to go in because it's the surgeon's birthday. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's also, I really went deep on, like I've been reading this paper (laughs) and trying to like work out and... It was only in, so the, the, you know, we were talking about spurious correlations and, you know, the super famous one that I really like is shark attacks and ice cream sales go up at the same rate. What? More people are killed by sharks when there are more ice cream sales. How does that work? So clearly we should ban ice cream. Alternatively, (laughs) on very hot days, when lots of people go to the beach, a lot of ice cream is sold, and there's also more people in the sea ready to be attacked by sharks. Right. So the two numbers going up Uh are not in any way causing each other, Mm. but they both go up at the same time. That makes sense. That that makes sense. Yeah. Uh... So I was looking into it, and the thing is that they didn't find the correlation with planned surgeries, only with emergency ones. Uh, okay. okay. So this like, makes me it, think... I'm 45 now. I just want to have one fucking birthday yeah. for myself. Yeah. This makes me go. think that on these surgeons' birthdays, they were on call, but because it's their birthday, they think, oh, I can relax a bit. And mm-hmm. then when they get called in, on another day, they'd be like, I'm on call. I need to still be on call focused. But when they had a planned surgery, there was no difference in deaths. So they were already mentally prepared for dealing with the fact that they had to do a surgery on their birthday. Yeah. Okay. The study also raised a bunch of other potential things about, it might be about coming back. So if the patient gets worse later on, very often a surgeon will come back and do a bunch of checks uh-huh. and, you know, and it may be that the doctor is unwilling or unable to come back because after their shift, they've gone and got drunk or something. Anyway, this is my heartwarming Christmas story. You love data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a heartwarming Christmas story. Wow. Aren't well, we glad it's fascinating. To- I am so happy that you're bringing us this Christmas present, David. Thank you. 
Thank you for that. Ugh. Do you want to hear some what the fuck stories? I absolutely do. Okay. Here we go. Mm. Okay. So, this is the first story. 12-year-old throws rave in school toilets. Teacher sees equipment. I saw I this am- one. I'm so proud of this guy. <laughs> he's, he's my hero. <laughs> he's the best. So, uh, at St. Anthony's Catholic College in Ermston? Ermston? Just, 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 just go with it. You did so well on the Japanese <laughs> pronunciation. Manchester. Just- yes. So a 12-year-old boy has gotten into some hot water with his teachers for a, an amazing fucking reason. <clears throat> he threw this rave in the school toilets. His name is Kale, Kale, Kale. <clears throat> C-A-E-L. Bell. <laughs> Bell is his last name. Okay, I'm nailing it. So he's an aspiring DJ who often <laughs> holds raves in his own bedroom with his equipment, including like decks and uh, a laptop. And one day he just decided that he's going to take this skill to school. And uh, on the morning of his mom had expressed that she found it very weird that he was so ready for school early (laughs) and he had a big smile on his face. And like, she just knew that he was going to be up to something. So, Kale Bill, Kale Bill, this uh, sounds so silly. <laughs> Sorry. I might be saying it wrong. I hope I am. <laughs> uh, so, he organizes a rave and he advertised it a week prior on Snapchat with, like, with a guest list that extended to all the boys in his grade. And he goes in, uh, in the eighth grade, I guess, year eight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, everyone in attendance were offered a bottle of Lucasade. Lucasade, yeah. Uh-huh. It's an energy drink. I googled. <laughs> <laughs> British Gatorade. A, yes, and a Cadbury twirl, a chocolate bar. Thank you, Google. And so they managed to actually party for thirty minutes before teachers got a wind of like got wind of what was going on, and so. Like, thankfully, everybody saw the kind of hilarious side of this because it it is. Um, Do you want to hear what his mom said? Yeah. It's a quote. Okay. I I had to laugh. It has been a terrible year and I couldn't be angry with my son for trying to spread some cheer. When I got the call, it made perfect sense. Kale had been up, dressed and ready to leave for school early that morning, which was unheard of in in our house. (laughs) I asked him what he was so happy about, and he told me that they were having a rave in school. Like, he was just, like, totally honest about it. And then, like, she says, I thought nothing of it. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think for one minute there was any truth to it. But when I heard what Kale had done from advertising the rave on Snapchat to actually pulling it off and even providing refreshments, I couldn't help but uh, see the funny side. Kale's dad thought it was hysterical. He said, go on, son. <laughs> we did have a conversation about whether or not we should be angry, but how could we be? I love these parents. I don't as think someone, my dad would have been very chill. As someone who has DJed a party in a bathroom. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> I have to say. Were you banned from the party? I'm like, just fuck off, David. Go play something in the bathroom. <laughs> No, the whole party was in the bathroom. It was. I also planned the party. It was. It was in a very large oh my bathroom. God. <laughs> um, oh, amazing. 
I, well done. I'm very proud of this kid. I think he's going to go far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, that's the, <laughs> I initiative. obviously haven't gone far, but I just feel <laughs> like, you know, in the, in the rave business, maybe not, you know, I, I can see my DJX in sight right now. Um, gathering dust and he is inspiring oh. me to uh to return to the business <laughs> yes yes of bathroom raves oh, yeah. i just i love it so much thank you to manushik for sending me this because it was brilliant and uh, it made me so happy to see <laughs> okay i have a last one yes it's not very long actually i should have ended with the other one. Oh well <laughs> no it's turning uh, back gonna, now you're gonna get depressed again um not well, a little bit maybe, but mostly just like, what the fuck? Obviously, Matt is involved, so here we go. <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously, it, that it does create a lot of what the fuck. It's, it's um, been known to do that. It it has been known. Yeah. Don't 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 do math, but yeah, it's. Uh, don't yeah. do math, but if you do, send us the story. That's the- yes, that's exactly right. Okay. Man leads police on chase, bites canine, barks at officers. And honestly, like, the title kind of says it all. <laughs> I think, I think, I think we've got it. <laughs> I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Basically, a, a man ran through a stop sign in California. And uh, when police tried to pull him over, he took off. And at some point he stopped the car while it was, uh, like, he left it running and then he took off running and then the police released this canine that caught up to the man and once the dog caught him the man bit the dog and then fought it and started barking at officers that's gotta be pretty fun for the dog being bit by a fucking yeah they don't usually get to you know (laughs) get that kind of play interaction oh yeah it was like an action usually they just they just win whereas you know dogs don't (laughs) like to just they like to really have to fight for it getting bit back was probably like the dog was like holy shit this is christmas this This is i get to really go at this guy (laughs) (laughs) yes usually my playmates don't bite back and suddenly yeah now on a level playing field this man understands me yeah let's fucking go (laughs) thank you for the struggle weird man yeah you know when you've been in any business for a long time you you are craving a challenge exactly (laughs) and this dog got that challenge yeah so he was arrested for not the dog the man was arrested (laughs) for dui driving with an expired license and having meth in the car and i think that's all we need to know because i was reading and i was like when are they gonna talk about the drugs (laughs) that are inevitably involved yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's uh, that's what I have. That, that was that. Note, I'm going to bring I, the music in slowly. Ooh, I really hope that the sound is okay with this episode. We really tried. And yes. thank you to my father-in-law who really busted his ass to get the Wi-Fi working <laughs> in the annex. <laughs> fucking house. Uh, yeah, so thank you so, for listening. Thank you everyone for listening this week and this year. We will have one more episode this year. Next mm-hmm. week we'll bring you the the best of the entire year. Brand new Worst stories. Stuff. It's not a. <laughs> it's not just a highlights reel. Um, uh, yeah, the stories that we missed. But otherwise, thank you for listening. Have a yeah. merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, 
holidays. Quality Kwanzaa. What, you know. <laughs> if you're not selling, celebrating anything, I see you and I applaud you. <laughs> and, and with that I'm fading you out just so you're aware that's just smart yeah <laughs>